Hello. Hey everyone, this is Krish and hope you're doing well. Welcome to Snowpal's podcast. In this podcast, I want to talk a little bit about caching. But before I go into the podcast, uh, I want to ask you if you've checked out pitch.snowpal.com recently. If you've not, uh, definitely uh, check us out. Uh, we obviously have a ton of new features. Uh, one of them, not the newest of our features, we've had this for at least a couple of months now, uh, is the ability to bulk copy and bulk move your content. So if you're in a rush, uh, you have one more feature uh, at your disposal that will help you become even more productive than you already are. Uh, now, having said that, let's get into this podcast. Uh, let's talk about caching. Uh, which aspect of caching, right? So let me start out with the with the basic uh, CS101 of caching, uh, which is uh, there are many reasons you would uh, consider implementing caching. Uh, one of them is performance, right? Page rendering times. So if you took a, a mobile a native mobile app or a web app and you have you're serving a large number of users, you want to make sure uh, that their experience is seamless, but seamless in the context of performance when we talk about caching. Caching has a number of other benefits, but let's just focus on one aspect of it, which is, hey, uh, I'm an end user, I'm using a product, I want my pages to be uh, returned as quickly as possible. Now, how can you do it, right? Let's take a small aspect of the problem because caching, just like everything else in software or in life in general, uh, can get as detailed and as complex as uh, we all wish for it to be, right? Uh, so let's just take one small aspect of caching, which is I'm a user, I'm going to a page, I'm going, I'm using a product, an application that has a few pages, and I want those pages to respond in the quickest possible time. Now, what are some ways as a developer or as a backend engineer uh, or as an implementer or as a product manager, how do you want to go about addressing this requirement or a problem? Now, uh, you want to take, uh, again, I'm just going to take an example. I've, I've done it several different ways in my career. Uh, I'm going to talk about the first thing that comes to my mind, which is actually very different from what I had worked on in the last few days. So uh, hopefully I remember some of this from a few months ago or even from years ago. So you take the page, uh, there'll be certain aspects of the page, there are bound to be certain aspects of the page that are unique to the user, right? It's, it's session based, uh, but there are potentially other aspects of your page or your screen that are common to a good number of your users. It could be common to all of, you, of your users, or it could be common to a subsection of your users, or if you're, if you're supporting a multi-tenant platform, it could be common to all the users that belong to a particular tenant, quote-unquote tenant, right? So again, you, you determine, depending on the needs and the uh, business problems that your product solves, uh, which aspects of the page and our pages are unique and which ones are not. So, because you, know, you want to address the low-hanging fruits first. The aspects of the page are the pages in themselves, right? Let's say you have 10 pages and two of them are not exactly static, uh, like a website, but they're uh, reasonably static, meaning they change, but not all that often. And even when they do change, they are uh, pretty much the same for all of the users that you have in your system. Uh, and by all, I mean a scope set of users. It could be teams, organizations, multi-tenancy, uh, whatever it is, right? But there's, there's a set of commonalities that tie those users together. Now, once you determine that, you can say, okay, if I have uh, 10 pages for ease of math and discussion here, if eight of them are uh, unique to users and two of them are not, then I want to cache those two pages to begin with, right? That's the lowest hanging fruit. 
And how do you cache those pages? You can cache them in one of n number of ways. If the page is constructed dynamically using templates or like single page apps, uh, then you know you essentially get a JSON back from the server and you have templating engines uh, which vary depending on the stack that you use that construct this page. Now the most expensive aspect of this simple example that I mentioned more often than not is going to be the backend API calls and the integration that you do on the server side. Uh, so you want to try and cache them first possibly. But uh, again, a lot of this changes uh, depending on your needs. So one place you could consider caching is the backend API call. So if you have to make the call once and not two times or three times or 10 times or not once per user request, then obviously you're better served, right? And you're gonna see exponential improvements to your performance. That's one way to cache. You're caching the actual response itself. And as to where you're caching the response, that could be done in a number of places too. You could cache them on the server, uh, in n number of tiers in your backend uh, or in the middleware or you could cache them on the client as well right but before we go into that level of detail uh, it should suffice to say that that's uh, one aspect of your requirement of the page flow that you want to consider caching now even if i now let's uh, play the dev devil's advocate to some extent right now even if i did cache the response so i don't have to make redundant calls and in some cases you're paying other third parties uh, more money based on the number of requests you do so you caching brings other benefits not just performance but perhaps cost benefits as well but again uh, i'm digressing a little bit there uh, let's say you did not want to just cache the response because you got an api you're making one or more api calls you get a bunch of responses and you don't want to repeatedly make those api calls sure that's a great place to start so you could cache them but sometimes it can get tricky so you might then want to cache the entire constructed page so you got a JSON response back from the server or a bunch of different services. You construct, you did some massaging, maybe you had some more logic that you performed, you did some DOM parsing and whatnot, and you constructed the page, place this into your templates or, or place them into multiple templates for your pages to be rendered. Now, where your cost is, the time spent is, depends on the particular problem or the use case. Uh, let's say not a majority of your time was spent in making the API calls and network latency, then that's why you want to start caching possibly. Uh, but you may also want to cache the, the pages in entirety because even if the responses don't change and you're caching the APIs, what value is there in reconstructing the pages? Because yeah, you're getting the response and the response hasn't changed, then obviously the page hasn't changed either, right? So you could then say, I want to cache uh, the HTML in entirety, right? That's that's one other the extreme on uh, on one side. Uh, uh, so th these are two or three aspects that we've discussed already. So you're going to identify which elements, what need, what are the items that need to be cached, and how you're going to go about caching them. In my earlier example, and I know I'm trying to squeeze a lot of things here, and I have to get used to the pace of how I should do these podcasts. So please bear with me as I learn. I make these mistakes and learn and try to improve from them. Uh, I'm realizing as I'm talking that there's a lot of items that I've covered here and each one mandates its own podcast and details. So I'm trying to squeeze a bunch of things into a single podcast and maybe it's not a great idea, but uh, but for what it's worth, uh, we started off saying that there are 10 pages and eight of them changed by the user, two of them didn't. So we, start, we started wanting to cache them. But even within the other eight pages, the 80%, what if there are certain aspects and elements of the page that are actually not different or dynamic, right? 
or even if they are, they could be common to a large number of your users. There could be certain aspects on that same page which are very specific to the particular user. In that case, again, you might be making n number of calls, API calls, and you might be constructing these pages in one of many ways. You want to cache all aspects of this page except the items that are bound to change more frequently, right? <coughs> no, excuse me. And not only that, uh, there might be certain aspects to this page that are more expensive than others. Even if whether or not something changes frequently, what if one of your API calls or one portlet or one widget in on your page is actually the most expensive one? So, you know, the, as they say, a, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. So you want to make sure you identify those scenarios, those uh, those widgets or those components and find ways to cache them. Now again, there's no silver bullet, right? There's no magic wand. You can't have one solution that solves all your problems. So, uh, in uh, and caching is no different. In my experience with caching, uh, I've had to touch almost all layers in the stack essentially. But as to which layers you want to touch at any given point of time, that depends on many things. One is the problem you're trying to solve. Uh, you know the timelines that you have in front of you. Uh, and uh, items like backwards compatibility, right? And whether migrations are involved. So there's a variety of things that you want to determine. It's not caching in isolation, it's caching in the context of what else you're doing in your product. Uh, but the essence, if you don't remember anything else from this podcast, just remember that many a times uh, when you think about caching or performance issues, uh, you before you determine what to fix, I'm trying to keep it under the 10 minutes, so I'm trying to rush the last few seconds here. Before you start optimizing and tuning, make sure you've identified the actual problem. Uh, don't be presumptuous of the, about the problem before you start finding a solution. Hopefully that was helpful. Thank you.